The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you by Spirited Sea Travel. Reserve your space for spring 2020. Visit spiritedseatravel.com and mention Unity Online Radio when booking. Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to The Intentional Spirit with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome, everyone, all of you intentional spirits, and we just really applaud you for being who you are out in the world, difference makers, change agents. And I always like to say, you know, there's a big difference between intentional spirits and people who have good resolutions, because an intentional spirit will continue moving forward towards the direction of change or new ideas or or a goal or whatever it may be. And regardless of uh, external circumstances, they continue to hold the course. They don't wait till a new year to make a new list. They keep moving forward with what really matters. And talking about what really matters, we have somebody today dedicated to being used for the healing of the world. Welcome my guest today, Noemi Grace. It's such a pleasure to have you. Such a pleasure to be here, Temple. I mean, it's just so delightful to 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 be able to talk with someone like you who is a kindred spirit. Um, from looking, I started um, your book, one of your books. Actually, I haven't finished it yet, but I've been enjoying it. The and um, I just feel a connection of a kindred spirit, and I just really appreciate you having me on the show and. For me, um, Intentional Spirit, when I found that was the name of your show, I got very excited because I didn't even know I was being intentional in in the past uh, when this whole dialogue with the divine started because I've been channeling from the divine and um, have this lovely book called An Intimate Dialogue with God, The Miraculous Power of Unconditional Self-Love. And that book changed my life and receiving it and writing it. And it's just been so wonderful to look back and see, ah, I had an intention one day that I didn't even realize, and it carried forward through time, and here I am. That's beautiful. Well, before, um, I know you have a defining moment. I, too, have delved Mm -hmm. into uh, this life that you have and and your your purpose and, and all that you represent. And I know what kind of dedication that takes, um, <laughs> believe me. Um, yeah. but, but that 
but that being said, I know that you're, you know, you're going to share your story with us of the defining moment of, of 9-11-2001. But back, further back, did you, did you see moments that you were called to leadership or did you call mo- see moments that you wanted to be quiet but the light was on you? Did you have any other kind of spaces that um, you just felt something inside? Great question. I would say yes, through my childhood and adolescence and early adulthood, but I, I quickly squashed them. I didn't. You know, I had some awakenings, and I didn't want to be different. I didn't want to stand out. I just wanted to blend in, and I worked really hard on becoming almost invisible, blending into the point that I blend into the wall, and to then to stand out now has, has really taken that intention, that, that concentrated focus, that a willingness. Um, so sometimes I, I grew up, my father is actually a minister, but that was his second job. He was a loan officer in a bank, and then he was a minister on the weekends. And so He was a in, smart minister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole That's congregation like made really smart. good returns <laughs> on their yeah, investments. <laughs> I tease my neighbor all the time because he's a he's a builder, okay, and uh, one of the most successful in the county, and he's been on the TV show about beach renovation, you know, and everything. Mm. And I said, I said, you know, we both went the Jesus way. You went the carpenter way. So your dad, oh my gosh, thank you for giving me that unexpected laugh. Your dad being in banking and being a minister. (laughs) Well, it's kind of like there's that verse in the Bible where you can't serve God and and the equivalent of money, some other word, mammon or something that they used, you know, so. (laughs) And he he balanced it really well, and uh, he still does. Um, And so there were moments of awakening. Yeah. What is that? Bless him for create. Bless him for creating you. Oh, thank you. I feel so blessed. I have. I have. So grateful that both of my parents are still here, and the older I get, the more I appreciate them. You know, spent many years kind of saying I'm different than you, and certainly writing this book has done so much healing in my relationship with my family, um, and because they were much more religious than I was. I was I I always identified with spiritual but not religious and I felt a big separation. And then writing this book, I began to see them with with love and I knew I couldn't hide it when the book came out and so I just kind of said it's out and they read it and <laughs> I didn't even give them a copy they they had to buy it themselves just because I didn't want to force it on them and um they're reading it and they're they're saying to me I really like this I never I never saw it that way I really like this and to me that's like such great healing that I never intended to get I mean I wanted it I intended it yes but I didn't expect it you know it was like and so um yeah so Dad, the minister, who's very, very, um, you know, his way of of with God is to be very literal with the Bible, um, is reading my book, which is about a conversation, many conversations that I'm having with the divine over a period of time that are 
from today and this day and age and and talking to me about what matters to me that matters to the people I work with as a psychotherapist and soul healer. And so it's been such an amazing path that I, just by saying yes, and really that's mm. that's kind of where it's been. And so leadership, I was in leadership in the youth group and church. Um, I was various points of different kinds of leadership, but that was more of a stepping in and and you know taking care of the young, the ones that were younger than me, and kind of helping them with their path. So that was a long time ago. <laughs> Well, I, you know, I'm I'm identifying so much, which is, you know, to me, it's the, the, yes, this is an incredible show, and Unity Online Radio touches, you know, people globally, and all of those kind of things, but for me, it's that I know it's a divine appointment that I'm having with uh, each and every guest, and mm. and some are like you that show up with an open heart, and some are... I'm going to stay in this box, and that's okay, you know, but when I know that there's a space from the heart that we can really connect, and uh, I was, just your name alone, um, you know, of grace um, is, a, is a power component. For me, it's a, it's a strong totem, that word, in, uh, you know, how we live and move and, and have our being, but the other thing is I could just kind of intuitively feel and I, so in curiosity, because I know there's a lot of people that listen that, you know, they do acknowledge that, that you and I are being brave today because we're talking about it. And mm. somewhere they are somewhere, either wanting to blend in or thinking they're awkward or whatever, and they haven't gotten to the place to talk about it. And so for me, I love the stories of, you know, this used to feel very uncomfortable or, you know, whatever. I learned also very early on that I would be called to positions. Um, and um, and even when I wanted to be invisible, I there was more energy into going into being invisible than there was being out loud. And then the other <laughs> aspect of it, right, and the other aspect mm. of it was keeping the sacred saboteur out of the way um, that would would prevent and and yet for me the third piece would be to um to feel an uncomfortable anxiousness about it and part of it i think is that i could future see what one day was going to come which by the way all these years later is still coming <laughs> but mm, I, I yeah i'm wondering i'm wondering if you know if karmically we had memories of other incarnations where, you know, there were things, either a misuse of power or um, uh, a being uh, violated for our power or whatever. But that's why I just felt like, oh, she's the one that kind of understands those kind of feelings that not only I had that I think are important, you know, because people see us now and they go, oh, I wish I could do what you do. And I go, hmm, well, that wasn't always the case. You know, I was in ministerial school and asking them not to call on me in class. That's kind of, or yeah. I, was teaching my, I was teaching my first classes and praying no one would come. That, that's kind of neurotic. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, that, the, so we both had that, that piece of, mm-hmm. of, of, on some level, recognizing we were visible and, and saying, ooh, too visible. Let me, let me become more yeah. and more and more invisible. And, yep. um, I remember hiding behind my long hair in high school. Just don't call on me. 
mm-hmm. even though I probably knew the answer, but it was just like, don't call on me, don't make me stand out. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's it's such a, in a way, it's such a non-acceptance of ourselves when we do that, and, and non-realization, it's a, non-accepting of ourselves and the uniqueness that we each have. We're all so beautifully unique that no two people are alike in every aspect. And that's, our gifts are there in the uniqueness that we have. And so, you know, the journeys that we've been through, when my book came out, a client bought the book and she was angry with me because why is she not having conversations with, why is she not having dialogues with God and conversations with the divine? And I said, well... You know, it takes two sides. You're being talked to, but you're running around all the time. You're not, you know, you're not making the space for it, you know. And be still, right? Be still and know that I am God is a verse in the Bible. It's just like, okay, if you're running around, not much space for it. And, um, you know, it was the choices that, that you and I have both made at different points in our lives. You know, I used to... I was making six figures back in the 90s, which was a lot of money back then, and and being a software engineer, and I was absolutely miserable. I just could barely get out of bed in the morning. And so the choice to walk away from that and go to school to be a psychotherapist and then study with um, a spiritual teacher to become a soul healer, it was a lot of, of choice that isn't, you know, a choice that not ever, is, is not for everyone. Yes. And yet, inevitably, it it is yours. I I know that one of your defining moments, and I love somewhat of the mantra that you use that's kind of ingrained in your soul is use me for the healing of the world. And you kind of downloaded that prayer uh, in the hours of uh, September 11, 2001, I remember thinking to myself that defining moment of I'm never going to be quiet again. You know, mm. there's no room for for someone to be quiet again. It's time to, and I, not that I was already, but even more so, a deeper part, use me for the healing of the world would be yours. And that uh, I, I kind of reflect upon like the Oprah statement, right? I, I don't know that those are her exact words, but they're more like use me up. You know, I'm here to be used up. Yeah. And I, I I love that use me for the healing of the world. Did you need to reflect upon that for quite some time? Did you kind of have a an immediate like future see of, okay, if I'm, if I'm going to allow you to use me for the healing of the world, then bam, you know, then it would look like this or where oh, you go definitely that not. <laughs> you run and hide again. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, definitely not. I mean, I, I prop, I don't know if I, I was in such fear that day that, um, you know, I was, yeah. I grew up in New York city. I was born in New York and then I moved to the Boston area after living other places and I was in a train station just outside of Boston waiting, and I was terrified between New York and, and Boston, and I was just where the, the planes came up from Boston and the World Trade Center. My dad had just retired a few years earlier from that, working there, and it was just the whole thing was so overwhelming. It, I never in my life experienced fear like that and um, certainly did not plan that... that 
the outcome of any prayer, even anticipate the outcome, intend anything. It was just in that moment of fear. I just, all I could do was feel my fear, and I felt like I was feeling the fear of everybody else on the platform. And it was so quiet. The only thing that you could hear was some sobs here and there. And Mm. I just felt so terrified. And I said, oh, my gosh, this world is, the world is falling apart. The world needs healing. That was the first thing. I was like, this world needs healing. And then out of this deep place that I didn't even know existed in me came this prayer, and I spoke it out loud on that silent platform, use me for the healing of the world. I felt just slightly better, so I said it again. And I had I kept saying it, and when I stopped, then I would see the vision of the the, the planes crashing into the, the towers, and I would my fear would rise instantly. And so I just, for about five hours, it was just the mantra, use me for the healing of the world. It was as much for me as it was for the world. It was keeping me keeping me at bay, almost keeping the fear at bay. It was it was just kind of keeping me in an equilibrium. Um and I said it for hours and hours and hours. I never forgot that experience, but my life went on, you know, and it just was not it was many years later that I realized that the prayer was being answered when I started to receive channeling. I started to hear messages from from God, you know, and it was, I wasn't saying, hey, here I am, um, but it was years later as I started to receive those messages, and I and I, I said, why me? I'm like, not somebody, I didn't go to, you know, ministry school, seminary, or I didn't do this, and I didn't do that, and I don't have, oh, you know, a thousand people that are chomping at the bit for every word, I'm, I'm someone that's obscure, why use me? And the answer was, your prayer. You offered yourself. You, I said, why are you choosing me? And the answer was, you chose us first. You chose, you chose to be of service first before you were chosen. So I was like, wow. <laughs> so I was like, I didn't really know what I was choosing that day, but I wouldn't change it. And it, it, it the other aspect of it, it, it seems that there was something as a soul that. You chose it even when you came here, and this was like another another breaking open, um, if you will. Because I I love the two components that you uh, carry. I'm 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 becoming a fan really quickly here. Uh, <laughs> that I, I love the, you know, I love the two pieces. Is I love the psycho psychotherapy piece because that's an important piece, very much so to that we look at our psychology and the spirituality woven into all of that. But when you talk about the soul healing, Mm. that is such powerful work because um, on that, on that day that, you know, uh, that, that tragic day that that happened and, and the, the soul loss, uh, the fragmentation, Mm -hmm that that went around as all of us were integrating, oh, we're coming into a new reality here and and then, you know, to feel or to be projected or whatever that, you know, that other uh places and countries and people are against us. And the other part is the awareness of um bringing of wanting to bring us into balance or at least to the awareness 
of how um, money had become so much a part of our need for a, uh, a society uh, to thrive. I mean, it's just so many different windows from that time, but it just uh, it sounds so beautiful that you, not because of the reason, but that you had this divine awakening of uh, all your lights came on, you know, or your... Oh, yeah, for sure. All your acupuncture, all your acupuncture points, you know, became alive, like sizzle, mm. like, ooh, that's powerful, really powerful. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, each step of the way sort of it opened up for me. I didn't really plan any of this. I went to school and got a two degrees in computer science, and I was this IT geek person, the only woman back then in the 90s that was doing that and in my in my company. And now, of course, it's many women. But um, And all of these things, just this desire started to come into me to, to do something else that would bring meaning because my work was depressing me because it was so meaningless to me. And... You know, I joined this woman's group, and then, oh, you asked me about leadership, and then after a while, I'm leading this group, and I just joined it because I was a, I was kind of a hot mess, and I was like, uh, you know, I need help. So I joined this group of very compassionate women, and then I wound up leading it, and through leading that, people were saying, you're really good at this. Why don't you, you know, you could work with people. You say you hate your job, and then I said, yeah, let me do this, and and um, I experienced a lot of synchronicity because I, I think it might have been clear. Maybe the handwriting was even on the wall, but I wasn't reading it. you know. And then I started to get the synchronicity. And I was traveling a lot on business, doing training about computer software products. And I'd be traveling by myself. I'd be sitting by myself in an airport at an unusual hour. And there's plenty of space. And people would... And this happened at least half a dozen times where somebody would come and say, is this seat taken, meaning the seat next to me, when there's, the whole cafeteria is empty? I said, no, sure, come and sit. And they start telling me their life story, and they ask me if I'm a therapist. I said, no, you should be a therapist. You'd make a great therapist. And that happened so many times. I said, I can't ignore this. So I went to school to become a therapist. And actually, on 9-11, I was just finishing, I was at, coming back from my graduate school, you know, that day I was just finishing up my my degree um, to change careers and become a therapist. And then I met this, this spiritual teacher slash shaman um, in a friend's backyard, and then somehow I wound up apprenticing with her for 11 years, and, and that's where I learned soul healing, which I never intended to learn or even use. I, I, people... Strangely enough, I mean, all of this stuff that happens when we are willing, when we are open enough to see it. I had clients that started to tell me, psychotherapy clients, I think you can help me with something, but I don't need psychotherapy. I need something more. I was trying to hide that. I was still trying to be invisible. And I was like, what do you mean? Well, I just got the sense. I'm like, oh, I have these clients with intuition, you know. And they're... So I started to work with the clients on a soul healing level, which is really healing the things that are deeper than the mind and the emotions and the emotional problems, those those wounds that somehow we just can't seem to heal no matter how much we talk about them, um, the patterns that happen that we're just triggered and we don't know why, and um, a lot of traumas that don't fully heal 
with therapy and it's it's we experience soul loss. I think you mentioned that word earlier and in referring to 9/11, we we lose a part of ourselves and soul healing is is to bring us into wholeness and to retrieve those parts and bring them back that we've lost and so that we can be more fully us and not sometimes we can have have so much loss of ourselves through all the traumas that we are just like walking around with holes everywhere in, in us you know we just are so partially formed we're so broken and so this helps really bring us all back into all of who we are and i love that so all the things that just happened and then the prayer that happened and the channeling that happened and um which is also related to one more thing. I know I've been talking quite a bit here, but um, I hope you don't mind. That's why you're on the show, is to talk. Okay, <laughs> good. I guess that's true. So the one more you're thing is when... One more piece of it is that when I Neil Donna Walsh's book came out, uh, Conversations with God, mm-hmm. I read it when it, in hardcover when it was just out, and I said... I want this. I want to be able to talk. I want to have these conversations. I want this. And I almost threw a tantrum. Like, I want this. It's not fair, you know. And and so I had this strong intention back then, which I forgot about. But then it all manifested. It all It's all coming together. And other pieces are coming together um, that I'm seeing of things that are going to open up in my life very soon. And, and I'm not doing it. <laughs> so... I mean, I wrote the book, and that was a lot of work, but it wasn't my words, a lot of it, except from my experience. But the beautiful it's words from from the divine are not mine. So so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And, and I, I, I love that, you know, that you were told, well, you called us. You know, we didn't call you. You <laughs> yeah. used it for the healing of the world. and. And then the guides and, you know, all of the um, avatars and everything come to you. But I I think that's a very powerful thing because I think that in today's times, just I think, first of all, to me, they're the most exciting times we've ever lived, that I've ever lived. And Mm. so I don't see it as gloom and doom. And, you know, I, I think there's gloomy and doom that's happening but I think on the collective, these are extremely exciting times. I'm very inspired about them. But I think there's a lot of people that come into this incarnation, and it's like, I'm going to use you. You know, mm. I'm going to come to get. I'm going to come to take. I'm going to come to the to get the job, to get the house, to get the child, to get the merit, to get the that, to get the. I'm going to come to say, hey, this is what I want, and and you know, whatever. Versus. I really came here to serve. You know, mm. I really came here to be of service. And it doesn't mean that all the other things I just mentioned are not part of that unfoldment. It's just that it's coming from an entirely different energy. Oh, absolutely. And sometimes people so start we, out. There we go. They've gone. We're on a break now. Okay. We'll talk more. Yeah, we're on a break now. Well, you and I could talk for hours. and uh, Oh, for sure. I, and I would love to talk more with you. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit, 
with Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome everyone and thank you for uh, being with us today. If you're just coming on, I'm talking to Noemi Grace and you can go to her website, N-O-E-M-I Grace. That's N-O-E-M-I Grace, NoemiGrace.com and explore all of what she's about, her blog, her information, her products, her future events, and everything that that she is doing. Because I know that um, many of you that are tuning in from all over the world, we have that similarity of being intentional spirits and listening to these uh, great interviews. Um, because they're with great people is is what I mean. And so we're going to uh, really delve into... Uh, Noemi's book, An Intimate Dialogue with God, The Miraculous Power of Unconditional Self-Love. And I just want to reiterate, because um, many of you that are tuning in, either current or later, uh, as you're doing your jog or your walk, I mean, I think we all remember when we got that teaser copy of Conversations with God, uh, Neil Donna Walsh. Wow, what a what a breakthrough, like, oh, my gosh, people are talking out loud about what we believe, you know, because so many of us were taught early on that, well, you don't go directly to the source, but, um, and all of that kind of stuff. But um, I remember, Noemi, you saying that when you saw that book and you read it, you're like, I want to do this. And now, not only are you doing it, you've done it. And you're um, continuing that your life unfolds that way. So, wow. So, you hear a voice, or how does this how does this unfold in your life? Okay, I, I think I'll say how it started um, because that will give the essence of it. So, so as, as you know, I've said the prayer in, on 9/11/2001, and then. In March of 2000 of 2012, I was on my elliptical, and I was listening to this recording of affirmations. It was like, "You go, girl. You're unstoppable. You can do it. Go, girl." And I'm moving my elliptical, the arms and the legs, you know, to this tune. And all of a sudden, it gets quiet again, and I don't hear anything. And then I hear this at the same volume that the affirmations were. In my ears, it was, love is the fabric of freedom. Forgiveness paves the way to freedom. You will know when you are free, when there's nothing left to forgive, because you see through the eyes of love. And I was completely blown away. I knew this was not coming from my mind, because my mind can't think those kind of things, or couldn't at that time anyway. Um, probably still doesn't. Um and so I was, I, I got off the elliptical immediately and, and wrote it all down, and I looked at it on the paper, and I was like, what is this? This is amazing. Fabric of freedom, eyes of love, these are things that, that uh, and forgiveness, ugh, forgiveness, that was just not where I was living. And so these are things that, that I knew were coming to me from God because I couldn't figure out where else it would be coming from, but I thought, well, maybe it's some kind of spiritual guide or something, but at one point um, I asked, who am I talking to? And the answer was, I am the voice of the oneness you call God. And I was, oh boy, 
Wow. Now, that would do it, right? That would do it. <laughs> yeah, that would do it, because I, I was afraid to ask almost. I'm like, well, who is this? We've been talking for a couple of months now. <laughs> who am I talking to? And and um, that would do it, yes. And so it's it's so wonderful in the way that it's being done. Um, so for, for many... So when it started, I had been doing meditation for six months with my husband. We sat down and we would listen to a, guide, a meditation and then we would do a mantra. And in the middle of this mantra, when I'm silently doing this mantra, I started to hear wonderful things about love and self-love and divine love as self-love, which I was like, wow, never thought of that before. And so I started to, I had a journal right where I was sitting or in meditation, and I just started to write it down. And so I have actually four books worth of materials that I wrote down on the, in these journals. And, and then I had to collate it and organize it and do all that to put it into a book. But So that is one way in which, and so as I'm writing, then I, then I will ask a question and I'll write that question down. And then I'll sometimes, you know, it's, it's, I'll ask a question, like at one point in my book, there was something about love, and I said, love conquers all, and there was like, no, no, love doesn't conquer or resist or fight anything. Love heals, melts, and enlivens. And so it's just all this beautiful, beautiful words, but they're very applicable. It's not just poetry for the soul kind of a thing. It's It's tools that I've used and I've been using in my healing practice to help others is is to transform our relationship with ourselves to so that we love ourselves unconditionally. We, a lot of us love ourselves partially and, and most of the time, but when we put the foot in the mouth or we did something thoughtless, we judge ourselves and and it becomes difficult for us. And so in my book, one of the first messages was, I was given two questions. What do I do? What do I see when I look at this from love? And what do I choose if I choose from love? So whenever I'm in judgment, I have these questions that I can use that will change the way I see things. And so I've been applying these questions and some of the other tools into my life, and it's changed me so much. I used to wake up, and the first thing I would think of was some kind of judgmental thought about myself or someone else. And I wake up now, and I am I say thank you. Oh, thank you for, you know, I feel I'm opening for grace and, and love and beauty, and I just feel so different just by do, using these tools for a long time. And so that's how the books come about and when I'm working with clients I channel in the moment and that that doesn't come out through writing that comes out of my mouth and I hear it and I say it and then it starts to pick up steam and sometimes the words are coming out before I'm hearing them but I know they're not my words and I'm just in this place of gratitude in my heart and I learn to trust that divine voice and let it come through my mouth without filtering it. Um, and so so that's when I work with people, and that's you can learn how to receive one of those uh, channeled messages in answer to your burning question. My website, I call it Divine Answers, so there's a tab there about how you can, if you have something you're struggling with or next steps that you're uncertain about, I, I can channel a message, and I do. 
and um, that is always such a beautiful experience because every message that I channel for people is uplifting and supportive and nurturing and and beautiful. So, so those are the ways in which I I converse, and sometimes I'm just having a conversation with the divine as I'm walking or doing something, and I'm not writing it down, but. And I, I'll say, remind me later or repeat this later because this is really good stuff. And so, you know, God is talking to everybody. And the divine was talking to me, and I, the divine, God, spirit, lots of different words for the same wonderful source, another one. And, you know, God's been talking all along, and we've just not learned to listen. I mean, most of us are not even that great of listeners to each other, which is why psychotherapy is one of the, the reasons people come to psychotherapists is to get heard. And um, so learning that listening is so important and because um, everyone can have communication with the divine. Not everyone's going to channel full books, you know, but not everyone, that's not necessarily what everyone needs or, or, or wants. You might get one word, and that's the word that just puts peace in your heart. Or you might get a vision of something, or you might just get those coincidences, synchronicities, like what I did when I was traveling and I had all these people sitting next to me and telling me their life story. So so there are a lot of different ways to talk to God, and um, and God is desirous to talk. And one of the one of the key points uh, also that that you pointed out. I mean, I I say quite often a, a trained mind equals an open heart, and and so I, I have found that in my own life mm. experience of you know from a stress management quote unquote expert you know keynoting all over to experiences, but to realize that myself, I just celebrated 32 years of um, sobriety, which means that I feel everything. <laughs> wow, that that is an incredible accomplishment. That is one of my... You know, that means, oh, yeah. Wow, 32 years. In, that, that is, in all of Yeah, that. you are going to feel everything. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, that that's... I mean, I used to have so many conversations and things going through my mind, the critic, the analytical, the yada, yada, just stuff going on, going down, going through my head like, whoa. And I used to laugh and I'd say, well, maybe that's okay as long as I'm not trying to talk back to all those people and things and, you know, but what over the years and the commitment to train that of the Mm. quiet Mm. and of the spaces and that's what you're teaching us and that's what you're reflecting in how it can be an intimate dialogue with God is that it's because there's space there for it to come through and you can hear it without static, without the other noise, without the Mm -hmm. other conversations. And I agree with you. I mean, I, there was a time in my life if you had told me that I would wake up peaceful (laughs) <laughs> and just like in a definitely a lot of energy, but definitely more of a kind of a meditative kind of, you know, what we name, what we name on that dry eraser on our mind the moment we're arising is our day. 
I mean, it really is our day. And um, so true. Anyway, I just, I just thank you for that spiritual medicine because it's. Um, I know that um, I've, I've been in this field for all my life, and I, I know how it's it's so easy for in our humanity to go in our intellect. Oh, I know that already. Oh, I know if I'm, you know, oh, I know, mm. I know that. You know, what do you mean? I I love myself. You know, I I've got a bump on my part. But we're we're talking the depth. We're talking the the wellspring that is so much deeper than just everyday language. That's where oh, you're touching. Absolutely. That deep, deep wellspring that's coming from an entirely different dimension. And the good news is, as best as I can tell intuitively, the information you're giving out is coming from and towards the new vibration of the person, not the past. And that's the difference, I think. Mm. Oh, I like that, the new vibration of the person. And, yeah, that willingness to become a new vibration. And, and sure, you know, I mean, when I first started talking to the divine, I was like, well, I, I love myself, but it was unconditional love. And then it was a new a new way to love yourself with divine love because divine love is always unconditional. It's unchanging. It's it's pure. And so to learn to to receive that divine love and fill, fill myself up with it, we fill ourselves up, our hearts and our minds, everything with divine love, and then we love ourselves that way, it's pretty cool because there's no judgment there. It's really wonderful. And um, so one of the, I was told at one point, your task is to bask, like bask in divine love first before you go off and do tasks. I love the way God rhymes with you so often. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, there's bask. The longer version is right? bask before you ask, ask before you task. I love the rhyming. I love language. So it's just... It's um I love that. So bask before you ask, ask before you task. Because I'm always all about. I was always all about doing, yeah. <laughs> and I'm learning so, how to be a, really a human being. And no, Amy, say that one more time. Bask, okay. before ask, you ask. Uh, bask, bask, bask. That basking, that filling yourself mm-hmm. up before. Mm-hmm. You ask, right? So before you start mm-hmm. saying, God, can I have this? Can I do that? Can, can you give me this? Which is really not the best form of asking, but um, ask before you ask, and then ask before you task. Mm-hmm. So so I'm used to tasking. I'm used to writing the to-do list. I go off, and then I get stuck somewhere. Then I ask, you know, like, oh, can you help me with this? I, ooh, I, yeah, mm-hmm. I need help. And forget about bask. That's just something else. Like for me, in you know, in in the past, it's been bask. I don't have time for that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so making the time, you know, to bask, to uh, to meditate, to get to that peaceful place started. Well, it it started the the most recent path of all of this evolution. So, of receiving the divine messages. That's very powerful. Well, did it? Do you feel that coming from uh, your life before and the other patterns? I mean, once you stepped into this place, was there like no turning back, or did you you go like, whoa, you know, I've I've gone from 
you know, the the shadow of a warrior of invisibility now visible mm. to I mean, I'm like I'm like stepping I mean, you know, I'm not like stepping across the creek. I'm walking across the water creek. Um of now I you know, I, I, I talk to God and here's my intimate dialogue. Did did that take any kind of um um hmm was there a real jump or leap for you, or did by the time you arrived there be like this is this is here's mine to do and you know deal with it, people? I got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, it was not like that at all. I mean, it was really a time of expansion, but because you know the bask, the the ask and the task, then I set off to write this book to get it out there to push and I pushed and I pushed and I pushed and I was in this space of like ego driven space to talk about God you know but coming from my ego instead of coming from my heart from my true self which you know the book talks a lot about the difference and so I I pushed through the transcript and I got it done and then nothing was happening like no doors were opening because I was not asking, I was just doing it, you know. And so I went I went about it the old way that I had always done my life. And then I got to a point where I actually I was like if you're not going to open the doors for this, then why am I doing this? Find somebody else. And I just was just kind of having a meltdown, you know. It's like a tantrum moment, you know, just like this is not I'm I'm not I don't want to do this anymore. And you know, God's always so patient. So the divine is just there, and I could feel God's love, but I was still melting down. And at one point, I got it out of my system, I guess. I had enough meltdown, and then I said, okay, let's, I want to do this differently. You know, because in my book, God says, we're going to open doors for you. So I'm, like, waiting for these doors, but I'm I'm trying to push them open myself, you know. And they're not they're not opening, and now they're opening because I've learned to let go. You know, as they say in recovery, let go and let God. You know, I've learned to let go more. And there's still more letting go. I'm, I'm not saying I've arrived at any pinnacle here. It's it's all a process. It's all a journey. And it's a, it is the journey that matters. And so um, then when I came back to it again, so, so in 2016 I was all done on New Year's Eve with this manuscript. And when I came back to it again in 20. Last year, I was I was just looking at it going, oh, I didn't share a thing about myself, which people that read it told me that, and I was trying to keep myself invisible still. Um, and it was like, you mm. have to share your story in with this. So it, the book is about my story as lo- along with the beautiful message I've received from the divine. And it's and I came back and looked and approached it just in this place of gratitude. And now doors are opening, and I've I've been on shows like yours here, and where I'm just so enjoying this, and possibilities of having my own show, and and different things that are just coming to the surface that I'm not trying to create. I, I even told a friend recently, I'm going to stop planning things because I'm go new directions are just showing up, so mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm planning to go this Absolutely. way, and that shows up, you know. Mm-hmm. Turn You're left, but then. You're yeah. being used for the healing of the world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm such a big planner, and so it's kind of, I think it will be a relief once I fully embrace it. I haven't quite fully embraced that in the process of learning that. So much to learn. 
I'm so grateful. Well, and and it's very evident that that you're so clear. I know I'm so clear that um, for us to have the kind of healing that we're seeking um, on a on a planet at large. Um, I was recently in a film with Deepak Chopra, which addresses suicide, which mm. 126 people in the USA every day commit mm. suicide, mm. and. And the second cause of death for young people from ages 10 to 34 is, surprisingly, suicide. Yes, so it is. Yeah. It's, it's, we are being called to make a connection with that which has made us. And um, and people put a lot of emphasis on the name, you know, well, it's not God, it's not this, it's, well, I don't call it this, I call it that. But it really matters what you believe about it, you know, exactly. that it is this higher power, that it is this energy, that it is this essence that is always present, and we can never be disconnected from it unless we unplug ourselves. Um, we're like that mm. ongoing ready battery, right? Just running and all that. So, you're. Uh, I applaud you. Your your book is and your conversation is so timely because. When you have that kind of relationship growing up in your childhood, when you're, you're, you know, you get some kind of sense of that, that inner awareness that you're connected to something greater than you are, uh, you're not so quick to disconnect, even though you might go through tragedy or hardship or questions or whatever, you have mm. to think of knowing that you were created as something special. And when you know you're created as something special, then you there's a protection around it um, that hmm. uh, you make different decisions in your life ultimately, or are you too determined not to see your life fade away because you want to see how it works out? You know, it's too magical yeah. not to. Hmm, it's beautiful. Yeah, so, um, absolutely. And this book has changed you somehow. Oh, it's changed me completely. Yeah. I mean, I was just a very internally very judgmental of myself and other people. I didn't say a whole lot of judgmental things. I mean, after all, therapist, soul healer, you can't be voicing judgment too often. But just the in my inner space was very judgmental and and very non-accepting of of even the fact that I was judgmental or, or certain aspects of myself. I wished I could be more of, of something different in certain ways. And my relationship with, with the divine is the word I usually use. But yes, there's great spirit. There's you know so many different traditions of of that mystery, that 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 oneness, which is so much bigger than us. And um, so it has totally changed my relationship. Yes, I grew up learning that there was a greater being, um, and that we were children of God. But experiencing that connection on a daily basis, being able to talk, you know, to the divine as I talk to anyone else is really such a gift. It's It really puts life in such a different, wonderful perspective, even when things are hard. That's very, 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 very powerful. And I, I want to reiterate to you, all of you, first of all, you know, get the book. It's... Uh, it's one of those moments. So order the book, An Intimate Dialogue with God, to deepen your awareness of the miraculous power of unconditional self-love. And I think as both myself and Noemi has said, it's, 
it's more than what you think. And we're so quick to say, oh, I've got that down. Well, if you can look at your life and in all areas of your life, you are exactly where you want to be, then, then let's talk about that. But if you're not, don't be so quick to say that. Because mm. there's something about unconditional self-love that one believes that all the blessings are available that life is not meant to be complex and difficult. Though we will have difficult times, we are more when we walk through them than walk away from them. And that being said, go wow. to noemigrace, N-O-E-M-I-Grace.com, N-O-E-M-I-Grace.com, and in, enjoy, partake of the opportunity that you have to to know more about these teachings and the value of these lessons, lessons, and you know, you both, we both hold the same space that that when we die, we will have as much energy as when we were born. And I think that I'm an advocate mm-hmm. for that. I certainly mm-hmm. know you are, um, mm-hmm. Noemi. And uh, anything yeah. else, we're kind of being duped on the pathway. So we'll buy, you know, pharmaceuticals and other things. But uh, there's a way to stay energized in your body regardless of the number of years that you have and to be dynamic because that comes from source right and oneself well i certainly have enjoyed our time today i feel like we've been sitting in a restaurant with a with a spot of tea (laughs) tea oh yes absolutely it's been a pleasure it's been a, a pleasure i'm so grateful and Thank you for being on our our show today. It's been um, so wonderful, and it's been a pleasure to have you. Yes, and thank you for having me. I'm so grateful. Absolutely. So we'll have to do it again, part two. Absolutely. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, Very grateful to you. And if you enjoy these kind of conversations, go to templehaze.com. And also Unity, firstunity.org, to find out more about what we have to offer. And we also do Spirit at Sea Travel. So come and join us. We'd love to have you and have you partake. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts.